What's up, everybody? Topher here for the Glitched Podcast. We are live here at VRLA with... Uh, Eugene Kappen and, and Philip Rosedale. Yeah, we got Philip and we got Eugene here and me. We are we just got set up at the VRLA booth. And Philip Rosedale, if you guys don't know who Philip Rosedale is, he is the creator of High Fidelity, the place where we actually like host our glitched VR talk show in. His platform lets me pay my bills. Basically, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm happy we're getting somewhere with it. <laughs> right on. So yeah, so, man. So, um, what for those who don't know who you are, why don't you give like the elevator pitch? Okay, my, my elevator pitch. All right, What's I'll do that. Pitch? Well, uh, I am Philip Rosedale. I have worked on virtual worlds my whole life. I started Second Life in 1999, believe it or not, and it's still going strong. And now for the last uh, five years, I've been building High Fidelity. I'm the CEO and the co-founder of High Fidelity. And High Fidelity is a whole new open virtual world where you can do anything you want, but this time designed for the headsets. And so the experience is... Uh, different and better so so I gotta ask you what was the catalyst to go from Second Life to High Fidelity like what prompted that change in the the new platform you know there's a big moment for us and here's what it was uh, I I'm a hardware guy I love to tinker with things and I had bought one of the little gyro chips that is inside the Oculus Rift today it was from spark fun electronics and I had one of these little suckers and I hooked it up to an oscilloscope um, so that I could hold the little thing in my hand and turn it, you know, like you turn your head with the Oculus and, and, and watch the scope trace move. And being an electronics guy and having worked on this stuff since I was a kid, as soon as I saw the scope moving, I called everybody over and I said, come here, you guys, come here, come here, come here. You gotta look at this. And they're sort of like, what is, what is he talking about? There's just a line on the screen, you know? And I said, we're shutting this company down and we're going back into VR because I knew <laughs> that the, I knew that those chips were gonna be good enough and cheap enough, of course, most yeah. importantly, to make a headset. And so this was just before the DK1 came out. Okay, okay. Awesome. So do you have a, like uh, the Eureka moment, like what was that like? Do you, do you remember what it was like? Well, I mean, there was that, there, you know, there was that moment of, of knowing those chips would work. And then the next thing we did was we built the audio, hence our company name, you know, we built the audio part of our system first. And we had this very early headset where we, we had uh, headphones, but with a little board on them that let us detect the rotation of your head, you know, not with a, not okay. with a, not with a display in front of you, but just the rotation of your head and we conveyed that to an avatar and one of our guys Grayson at work sat and read part of Snow Crash while he was an avatar you know mm -hmm. and you could see his head moving while he spoke and it conveyed so much emotion even though it was just a head a little jack-in-the-box head that we were all like this is totally gonna work that's awesome so what prompted the evolution from just a very static sorry a very static avatar to what we have now with full tracking and your sandbox where people can actually go in and create their own worlds. Well, I mean, we knew from Second Life, right? We knew that we knew what people wanted to be as avatars, and I don't think that has changed. You know, the the aspiration that we all have about VR and about virtual worlds has been the same. I mean, hell, it's been the same for 20 or 30 years, but it's certainly been the same since Second Life. And so we had an inkling that despite the fact that this, you know, jack-in-the-box head would work, we knew that what people would want, like look at you guys on your show, you know, we knew what people would want would be a certain degree of realism and detail that would allow them to be 
unique as characters. And so we just sort of kept adding on, you know, uh, body tracking and uh, more detailed avatars and, and, and face shapes, you know, blend shapes on the avatars pretty progressively. It's been piece by piece. I think that's one of the things like we like the most about High Fidelity and why we wanted to come to the platform because, you know, in the previous platform we were in, it was just like you were, you had like six shapes you could pick from. And uh, it didn't really, you know, show off your personality. It didn't really show off, you know, the emotions in your face, the way that you talk, things like that. And I think that's a big part of like making VR like uh, appealing to the masses because like people want to be able to represent themselves. They don't necessarily always want to be like a cartoon character. They might want to be themselves or they might want to be able to, you know. You know, th another thing about that that I really think is important, there's actually some Facebook guys gave a presentation about this and it was spot on, which is that if you already know somebody really well, you can use a super simple avatar, right? Like you guys are known on your show, you know, and the bigger your audience gets, the simpler your avatars could be. Yours with glasses and yours with a beard, right? And you'd immediately be like, there they are, the guys. Yeah. But that's because you have a memory of you that, that's very strong. When you're meeting somebody for the first time in VR, like when we do our, when you do your events and there's people in the audience, or when, when I do a fireside chat and there's, there's somebody up there that nobody's ever met, you gotta have a detailed avatar to say who you are, right? Totally, totally. So let's talk, so while we're on the subject of avatars, let's talk about the Dube partnership you guys have. Sure. Uh, we flew down for the first season that you guys funded, yeah. and we got these hyper-realistic avatars for us to do the show, but we know that it's not feasible for every single person to have one. They cost about $1,000 if right. you don't have the, the high-fidelity nudge Right. But for people who want um, to get into that, what would they need to do or how would you recommend they go about it? Yeah, I mean, Dube have been, they have been pioneers. I mean, those guys are great. You know, they set up these booths in a bunch of cities and they're already up and running and they're actually uh, letting people come in and do stuff like bring their cat in and hold their cat, you know, and do a 3D <laughs> print of them and their cat, you know. And it's super cool. But as, of course, as soon as we saw them and met yeah. them, we were like, no, no, no. We know what you need to use these booths for. You know, you need to scan avatars and then we need to rig them, which is the thing that's kind of a pain right now. Uh, what I believe is happening, though, in that industry now, and, and, and this includes Dube, is everybody is rapidly... Uh, iterating and making these things better. So there's no question in my mind but that you're going to be able to walk into a scanning booth like a phone booth or something uh, in, a, in, a, in a mall soon enough and get a really good scan and it's going to cost, you know, 20 bucks or something. Yeah, right totally. now it's expensive but it's going to come down fast. I think it'd be able to have like... Uh like get having like your own likeness in VR is just going to be such a cool key to like making uh, the metaverse like a real thing. You know, like making people want to want like going and hanging out and talking with each other and be able to like hang out with your buddy. You're like, oh, there's Philip. Oh, oh, there's Eugene. You know, oh, there's Topher. Like, you guys can pop. You can pop into any uh, any domain, any world. And like instantly recognize your friend. I think I think that'd be really cool. You know what we dream about? Like I'm not dream about. We're working toward it. We just added a feature called uh, material uh, swapping, where you can basically on the fly change the textures on an avatar or anything. Oh, that's cool. And and but the thing I've been dreaming about is I want to like be in world, hanging out, you know, on your show, talking to you guys. But I want somebody to be giving me a tattoo. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting there as an avatar and I'm looking down and there's a guy or a girl and they're putting a tattoo on me, you know, with a tattoo gun, you know, because oh, they're so editing cool. the texture. I mean, how yeah. cool would that be? That would be so rad. I wonder on, what else you could do with that. On last season, we actually played Pictionary with the creator of Strudel Doodle, Eric Newman. And just that's doing right. that was fun enough, but being able to actually go in and edit the texture, yeah. that's, that's mind-blowing. I yeah. totally want to do that. 
Um, I want a face tattoo in VR, you dude. You want a face tattoo? I want a Mike Tyson <laughs> face tattoo right you know, going down my beard and like over here and just some crazy tribal. I think that would be. Uh, there's kind of like yeah, VR first. If you oversimplify, there's kind of the game. There's kind of the game gang with VR, and then there's sort of the other gang. You know, and I would say we're solidly kind of in the other gang. But the the gaming approach is this kind of pre-built approach. I think one of the most important things about VR, and I know this is what made Second Life take off, is that everything is live. You know. If you can edit something, you got to be able to edit it like in front of somebody else. I don't know why that's so important. I mean, as a sort of a philosopher about this, but it just is. Hmm. Okay. So while we're on the topic of metaverse, um, high fidelity is definitely moving towards that. But when do we get to the point where you can be in high fidelity and then you can go to the way VR? And then you can go to Mindshow. And all these platforms are interconnected, basically replacing the internet. You know, like, how do we get there? Well, first of all, you're totally right. I mean, to look at something like Mindshow. Now, Mindshow, uh, I met with Adam, the CEO, a couple of weeks ago, and we've been demoing each other's stuff to each other. I mean, that is an amazing experience that's very specialized and very cool. You know, the guy that's writing the renderers to do those effects is just this crazy, amazing, you know, art and science guy. Uh, what I mean by that is there are going to be different virtual worlds that do different things for a while. We are in like the Cambrian era, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's going to be a lot of worlds and a lot of ideas and a lot of capabilities. And you're going to go to one world like the wave to do one thing, you know, to have this, you know, incredibly crazy music experience. And then you're going to come to high fidelity because you want to go to you guys' show, you know, mm -hmm. and then you're going to want to carry the same avatar across to both places. So we launched something a couple months ago called the VR Blockchain Alliance, VRBA. And, and we started it with Janus, but we're rapidly adding other companies. We're about to add a, 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 announce a bunch more. And th those companies are sitting down together, uh, sometimes in high fidelity, sometimes in other worlds, and trying to craft a standard for, among other things, moving your identity around between these worlds. Because I do think that's critical. And I think that despite the fact that, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to get everybody into high fidelity, th there are a lot of cool ideas and features swimming around right now that I think are going to be in separate places for a while. So what we're trying to do for everybody, myself included, that wants to use these worlds is come up with like one way to log into all of them. Interesting. Please tell me it's called a multi-pass. <laughs> multi-pass. No, uh, multi-pass multiverse. So, <laughs> so as a as the CEO and <laughs> of High Fidelity, and you know, you've been in the weeds in VR for a long time. Do you have this dream? Uh, I guess call it a dream of like a thing like the Oasis from Ready Player One. Do you think that we're going to end up? You know, is Facebook going to be gone in twenty years, and everything's going to be inside of VR? Uh, do you think that's like a realistic thing? Do you think that's where we're heading, or are these things going to like complement each other? Well, I definitely think we're going to live a lot of our lives in VR, and it's not going to start the way we think it is. It's not going to start with entertainment. It's actually probably going to start with school uh, and then with work after that. And what I mean by that is there is a lot of learning and virtual travel and uh, uh, meeting people type experiences that are very obvious right now, that are very good reasons to use VR. Like we have been doing this uh, test experience at our new location facility where we've got 20 headsets in one room and we've been taking teachers and their students together with an Egyptologist through an Egyptian tomb that was scanned uh, in super high resolution and that experience is like like that's a totally valuable experience Absolutely. even if you have to go to some weird location where the the headsets are as a teacher that's an amazing experience well you don't have to go to Egypt exactly you can go to I, Egypt you, you I, can just go see King Tut I wish this existed when I was in school. I'm such a visual learner 
I probably would have done way better yeah. than I actually did. See, I'm just a bad student. And so I would I, I would have benefited from this so much more because I, I just got bored. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> because know, we're so smart, Eugene. It's because we're so smart. We just got bored in school. They could, but it's like could compel us. There's always kind of a not a killer app, but there's always a starting point for the for the Internet. You know, it was communication at school, for example, which is, was really if you go back far enough was the real thing. And I think that you got to look at, you know, something like VRLA where we're sitting right now and ask yourself, OK, OK, there's all this technology, but what's what's the frequently used thing we're going to start doing? And I really do think that it's some kind of like like virtual travel uh, and, and experiential education. I think that will hook and then everybody will want to wire those systems together. And so I think the Oasis kind of thing will emerge by the simple fact that we'll want to have one avatar but wander around in multiple Egyptian tombs or then go to a nightclub or something and have the convenience of just showing up at that second place. That sort of network effect is what's going to drive the whole thing together. So travel and education I'm, are like the gateway drug into I'm, I'm like massive VR. I'm surprised yeah. Steam isn't building that connectivity right now i mean they're such a facilitator of programs specifically you know in game or in educational experiences that they could definitely modify their let, let's call it an operating system to become the basis for that metaverse I think Steam's doing a lot of great work. I mean, I think from a, a, a you know sort of contender for driving what the metaverse becomes, I think everybody's going to have to uh, give the microphone to, to Steam at least a little bit. Um, it's a different community, uh, you know, because it's mostly a, a community of gamers, uh, which is a which is a big community, but it's actually not that big. Here's a fact. Here's a cool thing. You talk about the, you know, what's the genesis mythology of the metaverse going to mm -hmm. be? Let me ask you this: the games industry is bigger than ever. It's an enormous industry worldwide. Here's the number: gaming worldwide is 80 billion dollars that's how big the games industry is worldwide but how big is the travel industry exactly right that's probably way huger yeah it's one of those like keep going up yeah. the travel industry is eight trillion dollars really okay huh. so it's a lot of dollars the the education industry educational technology going to school schools is four and a half trillion dollars worldwide okay. so it is likely that we're going to do things with vr that are related to travel to communication and to teaching uh simply because there's so much bigger opportunities first well that I, makes total sense i'm yeah. waiting for the day where i can jump into a venture brothers sleeping pod and just have education fed to me while i'm sleeping <laughs> yeah that's that's hard work we haven't figured out yet, how to just jack into the mind, right? No work at just all. Just matrix it right Solid in the back matrix. of my head. <laughs> That'd be pretty rad. Awesome. Um, so let's let's talk about um, let's talk about the culture of VR chat versus high fidelity. Because yeah. there are a lot of um, similarities. But what we've noticed is VR chat has definitely become somewhat of a toxic environment. Yeah. Well high fidelity has stayed relatively fresh and snowed well first of all let me just say that that you know jesse and graham the two founders of vr chat are great guys and they've got great intentions uh with respect to i know what they want to build they're as excited about building a worldwide metaverse as we all are um and i'm pretty sure of that from the time i spent with them and i got a lot of respect for them um one way to look at it though like what's different between high fidelity and vr chat here's a really interesting thing the shorter the delay between people when they communicate the nicer they are 
and the more they get to know each other and the more compassion they feel for each other. Think about a forum, right? Mm -hmm. You get incredibly toxic behavior on forums. They're almost to the point of being given up on, right? People right. are almost talking about, you know, even things like Reddit, right? Are They so rapidly descend into abusive behavior, it's unbelievable. But the reason for that, the big psychological reason, is that if I can say something bad about you and you're not really there to look at me when I say it, I'm gonna. Say it and to my face, I, bro. And if I'm face. right in your face. So in Second Life, people used to be really mean in the forums. And then I would go find them in world <laughs> and walk up to them and be like, hey, what are you so upset about? You know, like, do you want to talk to me about that? And they'd immediately be like, I, I, I don't know what I was saying. You know, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, this it's not that big a deal. And what I, so high fidelity has this very, very low latency. You know, you guys know from your on-stage work, it's a latency of 100 milliseconds. At 100 milliseconds, you can't tell that there's any delay at all. So if you want to look somebody in the eye or shake their hand, with 100 milliseconds of delay, it works. With 200 milliseconds, it actually doesn't. You don't feel good. All the VR systems, except for high fidelity at this point, have a delay that's closer to like a second. Like it's very, very large delay, mm -hmm. like, like twice what your cell phone is. And that allows people, one of the things is that allows people to be a little meaner. Interesting. Than they are when there's really low delay. So at, I just, that's a weird sciencey thing, but I just throw that out there that they're, one of the focuses that I've had from the very beginning has been to create compassion and connection as quickly as possible. And strangely enough, to do that, it's not just about eye contact or motion, it's actually about delay and real-time conversation if you can get the get the responses and the questions like you could talk like you're normally talking you're just gonna generally act the way that you would if you were actually talking in person so we know that you do have kind of a tight schedule today so we are going to go to the uh, game portion <laughs> uh, and it's called real or made up wow. VR company edition and I'm going <laughs> to give you and I'm going to give you two choices. I'm going to give you two choices. And you have to tell me whether it's a real company or or which one is the real company and which one is the made-up company. And just to start, uh, Mind Show or Cellular VR? Mind Show or Cellular VR? They both sound equally improbable, don't they? And I kind of like Cellular VR, but boss, I'm going to go with Mind Show as the yeah, real company. Ding, ding, I, ding, I ding, knew ding, you'd ding, get ding. that. That's the easy. So, okay. Harder. All right. Although we did mention Mind Show earlier. Moon Pulse or Inverse? What's that second one? Inverse. Moon Pulse or Inverse? Oh, man. Now that's... I, how can you have the high fidelity guy already stumped? I'm going to say <laughs> the real company is inverse. That is correct. 5D reality or mech reality? <laughs> 5D or mech? I used to play those mech games. I, you know, I, I, I really want a mech, uh, mech 5D reality. Five, I'm just, uh, I'm going to go with 5D reality. That is correct. We got you, it. You are just killing ding, these. Ding, 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 ding. I need, I need sound effects, man. I really didn't prep for the sound effects. I don't want to point out, but there's a one in four chance I made it on those last two just by sheer, you know, <laughs> uh, luck. All right. Merge or curve? Curve? Wait a minute. You got to spell it. You got to give me more than that. Merge. M-E-R-G-E. Oh, merge. Okay. Yeah. Or curge. C-U-V-G-E. Curve? That is really hard to say. That's a weird one. That's a really weird one. Well, I'm just going to go. I like I like Merge. I'm going to go with Merge. I feel like I'd miss on this one. Uh, no, you got Merge. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. I really need All right. sound effects. This sucks. 
Hedgehog Labs or Hyper Crazy Labs? Hedgehog Labs or Hyper Crazy Labs? You know, I, I got a thing for hedgehogs, even, I, I mean, you know, that Oculus thing got us all thinking. So I'm going to say Hedgehog, hedgehog Labs. Do you know you the way? You are correct again. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the way. Uh, let's see. Knuckles Giant hedgehog, right? Thoughts or Little Star? Giant Thoughts or Little Star? That's right. Uh, oh, man. Uh, 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 Giant Thoughts. That's your first one wrong. Oh. It's a little star. Oh. All right. Did that work? Was that uh, a good sound effect? I can't <laughs> tell. I just yelled. Touch, so. Sergi, or Red Row Studios? Touch, Sergi? Yep. Or what's, how do you spell Red Row? Uh, red, R-E-D, Row, R-O-W, Studios. Well, boy, you these are tough. I'm going to go with the touch one. Uh, touch that is Sergi? correct. Touch, Sergi, for the win. All right. Kiriscope or monoscope? <laughs> Kiriscope or monoscope? That's, that's right. fantastic. The, we're in the scope family now. Uh, yeah. I'll go with monoscope. That is wrong. Kiriscope is the company. These are hard. Oh. All right. And last one, zero light or end of days? Zero light or end days? Zero light or end of days. I think I like zero light. It feel, makes me feel like low latency. Wasn't end of days like a really terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? <laughs> Probably. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was. I think I saw it when I was like 13 and a half. Yeah, I don't uh, go to a VR thing called end of days. Uh, I imagine something like that would have like tons of zombies or you know something like that. But zero light is the correct answer. Uh-huh. Uh, you are 80%. 80%. 80%. That is a solid B, my that was, friend. That was 10 questions, right? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty well, good. You know, 80%, 8 out of 10. Now that, it's hard for, me to do the, hard for me to do the math right off on that, but it's something <laughs> like 1 over 2 to the 10th on that for me to get them yeah. all, if I had gotten them all right. I failed math, so you can say whatever you want, and I'll probably <laughs> just believe you. So. <laughs> well, anyway, Philip, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, you guys. Thanks you very much for having me. Appreciate it, man. So, yeah, we are going to be here all weekend here at VRLA. We're going to be doing interviews. We have the live show on the Dell stage uh, tomorrow. Saturday at no. 2.40. Saturday at 2.40. So make sure you're there. Uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff, uh, seeing all of our updates. And we will see you guys on the next show.